0: Just a quick note, today's episode contains harsh language.
1: Rock Ducati and this motherfucker.
2: Life for life 2010.
0: In 2011, Jamie Lee had put out one album and was working on another. He was a rising star in Boston's vibrant hip-hop community going by the name Rock Ducati. Maybe that wasn't the style of music we would want him to do, but that was for the ages, that was the ages for them. Lee had made a living making noise, but the silence after his death has shocked his family and the police investigating his murder. You get a crowd of over 300, 400 people, and no one ever wants to come forward. You
3: know, I know he's your dad, but he's also, it sounds like you were really tight, and you're almost like friends more than father and son, right? Best friend. He was your best friend.
0: From Boston 25 News, this is New England's Unsolved a podcast of cold cases, crime files, and questions waiting for answers. On today's show, we'll talk with the family of Jamie Lee, a hip-hop artist who was shot outside a Boston nightclub in front of hundreds of people and the investigators who can't get anyone to tell them what they saw. Before there was Rock Ducati...
1: My name is Rock.
0: There was Jamie Lee, a young man who grew up in Dorchester and Roxbury. Jamie could have been anything. Yeah. And
2: and I always said that. I said, you could have been anything in the world. Anything you choose to be. If you, I swear to God, if you met him right now, to this day, he'd charm you and you'd be like, wow, this guy is very intellectual. You know, um, I'm sorry. but That's okay.
3: Totally
2: understandable. I I know.
3: It shows how much you miss him. It shows how much it means to you.
4: uh uh-huh.
2: You have no idea. It's like, um,
0: I'm the talk of the family, mm-hmm. and when Jamie died, I don't think I said a word. As you can hear, Jamie's father, Alan, began to tear up as soon as he talked about Jamie, so his wife, Tina, had to take over.
4: It's just something about Jamie ever since he was born, Jamie was a, I don't know, it's just... He's just a light. Like he would be the person that always seemed like any problem that you had, as a kid, he would be able to
0: solve. <laughs> Jamie was also a father. His son, Jamie Jr., is now 14 years old, and remembers his dad as his hero.
4: Um, he was funny. He was a funny guy. Actually, he was energetic, outgoing. Um, it's fun to be around. Uh, miss him a lot.
0: You miss him a lot. (laughs) Jamie always loved music. His parents said that he always wanted a career in the industry, and he followed his brother, who signed a deal with Sony Records in 2008. Like everything he did in baseball and everything, he followed his brother.
2: You know, Jamie was too little to play Little League, but yet he went to every practice with his brother.
0: Jamie and his brother...
2: Well, they call him Smoke Smoke Bolger. Figure that one out.
0: (laughs) They partnered up with some childhood friends to create their own record label called Life for Life. And on that label, Jamie released his first full album. Maybe that wasn't the style
2: of music we would want him to do, but that was for the ages. That was the ages for them. Um, One thing we're a firm believer in is that that was his dream and you never kill a kid's dream. No matter what it is that your child does, if that's something that he wants to do, you encourage him, which is what me and my wife did. We encouraged him. most they've of the time, that and since they've been doing it since they were, um, Jesus Christ, young, very young, Nine 19 years, years old. Yeah, 19 years they've old. written lyrics for new edition, yes. They've done things that you know, your kid comes home and he says, Dad, can you take me to the studio? And I'm like, mm-hmm. because he was underage, and you see the passion. Anything. So, you support a kid, and you know, especially in our family, we're going to support our kid no matter what you do and it was through that passion Rock Ducati was born. So
3: who was Rock Ducati? I asked you about Jamie Lee, who was Rock Ducati?
2: Oh my God, <laughs> let me tell you something. I remember uh, Jamie went to Timothy and he got this this brand that the principal,
4: uh, what did they say? What a man, what, what a man? What a man, the song, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Yeah. And the principal called, what he told us, that the he day he graduated, son, Yes. because Jamie was a, Charmer. All the girls loved Jamie. <laughs> Jamie was every little girl's idol, i tell yeah. you. He just, you know, the little girls would be like, oh my God, I'm going to marry your son one day. <laughs> Jamie, I yeah. love Jamie. I'm like, you don't even know what love is. Jamie's what, just 12, actually 9, 10, 11 years old. Can I tell you who Rocky really was? Yeah. yeah. I
2: don't think there was not one person Jamie didn't get along with as far as his cousins. He looked after every cousin, every female, every male. That. It, was, it was amazing. It was like he could, like I said, gravitate to either side. He would understand. He would say, mm-hmm. you know, ah, oh, dad, you got to look at the good side. Maybe this is that, this is mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? He always looked that's at the good side of people. And that, that to me was amazing. He, always, he never, never said something bad. If he had something bad to say about you, then you were a bad person.
0: To hear his family tell it, Jamie was loving, kind, compassionate, and talented. And he used his talents to follow his dream. He loved what he was doing, and he was doing it so well, he was even helping launch new artists. In 2011, another local artist named Millie's was having an album release party, and Jamie was helping as a promoter and a performer. It was at the Underbar Nightclub on Tremont Street. The nightclub isn't around anymore, but it was a popular place in Boston's theater district. My son didn't even like nightclubs
2: did a family person. He didn't like nightclubs. But because of the music, I wish it was gospel, but it wasn't. But um, he wanted to be more in the business the scene, yes. and Behind that was his goal. He said, Dad, I think I'm better being, even though I said I thought he would be better in front, but he said he'd be better off watching. Just ironic that he decided this night to go, and you get a crowd of over 300, 400 people, and no one ever wants to come forward.
0: After the break, we'll explain what went down.
1: Boston 25 Morning News. I'm Jean
0: And I'm Sarah Underwood.
1: Six hours of local coverage. We have breaking news right now. We're going to reporters. Updated up. weather and traffic every 10 minutes. My
3: forecast has a rain picking up hour by hour. This alternate route will save you 10 minutes.
1: Reporters live with breaking news happening in your neighborhood. Live in Watertown.
3: Live in Hyannis. Live along Central
1: Harbor. Following the stories that impact your day. We
3: have a live look right now. Three to four inches of water rushed by.
1: Watch Boston 25 Morning News, 4 to 10 a.m. So there was a, a kid uh, uh, called Millie's M I L L Y Z, Millie Z or Millie's—I'm not really sure which one it is. Uh, he had a record release party here that night, and, um, and it was just a big promotion. They had the
0: We're standing on Tremont Street, just outside of what is now a Courtyard Marriott, across from the Tufts Medical Center garage. We're talking with Boston Police Detective Frank McLaughlin about what happened that night in 2011. It was a
1: good night, I would guess, right? It, it, from all accounts, it was an uneventful night inside. Everyone had a lot of fun. There was no issues uh, until the night ended and it got outside here. So we're out. This is the murder scene, right where we're at right now, yes. right? Yeah. So what ends up? What happens out here? From the accounts of what we what we've been told, there was a lot of people here. The street was full. There's probably 100, 200 people out here in the street, you know, heading over to the parking garage here. Um, and there were some words being exchanged between um, Jamie Lee and um, and uh, you know some people that were with him and uh, another group uh, uh, of of, of um, people. Not really clear who they were. Uh, there were words exchanged out here. Um, the cars were parked back here, you know, when the clubs let out, the cars are double parked, they are all the way down here. Jamie was right over here by the bus stop. All right, so Jamie's here with someone else, yeah. and it just, it, words are exchanged and things spiral out of control. Yeah, there was some sort of words exchanged, something got heated, I don't know exactly what happened, we haven't really been able to get a clear picture of that. We're hoping that some of the people that were out here could give us a clear picture. Um, some sort of words exchanged, there was definitely Evidence that shows there was more, more than one firearm involved. In the end, two people were shot, and they transported themselves to the hospital? They did.
0: Jamie had been shot, and he was rushed to Boston Medical Center, where his parents arrived to find doctors trying to resuscitate him.
2: Well, when we first got there, they didn't know, they didn't give us too much. Kept going back and forth. Yes, they did. And they, they told they us it was, it was... They were trying to resuscitate Take him.
4: Yeah. Um, and at the time, I didn't understand that. And, I knew what that meant, but... And all you can do is pray. Yeah. You know, you're know, you not able to go into a room.
2: You're
0: not able to go see your kid. Jamie's parents are told to simply wait and pray. But soon, his father, Alan, is told he needs to go move the family's car. Before he leaves, Tina tells the nurse she can't handle any news alone and asks her to wait until Alan gets back to give any updates. Before Alan can get back inside, the nurse comes looking for him, twice. And I said, but
4: I'm gonna give you my third son, whatever's going on in there, can you talk to him? He said, okay. She said, well, it's fine. If it's okay with you, it's okay with me. I said, okay, because I don't know, my husband stepped out, he's out there, whatever. And so she, she said to um, Brandon, she said, come over here, can I speak to you for a minute? So I said, Brandon, is it okay? And he said, yeah, it's fine. So he walked over with her. And I walked away, and as I walked away, I turned back around and I looked to read her lips, and I could see her, like, and I looked, and she was like, she shook her head, no. So I'm looking like, no. So then I see my son fell to his knees, and he screamed. And that's when I, that was it. I just fell out, and I was just like, I screamed, no. And I, I was just going nuts and that everybody just started coming. And that's when he came running and that was it. And they told us he was gone.
2: a young rapper killed during a shooting in boston's theater district rock ducati was shot to death and another man was hurt early this morning inside the tufts parking garage on tremont street investigators say the bullets were fired through the window of a toyota and it happened just after a hip-hop party let out at underbar nightclub ducati
1: performed at the club right before the shooting so what what happened after the shots were fired um, after the shots were fired we re- we came down here there was um, the parking lot here had, a, had another incident happen, completely unrelated. We got as many people as we could to bring in and talk to, we got as many names and numbers as we could. Um, you know, that time of night, people are inebriated, they've been drinking all night, they're not exactly forthcoming, um, and what we found is we hit a stone wall. We had probably 100 or 200 people out here on the street, and we had a handful of people that would talk to us, and most people acted as though they saw nothing.
3: That's unbelievable. I know you see that a lot in other investigations, but how unusual is it to have this many potential eyewitnesses and to come up
1: against that stone wall? Well, it, it's, it's unfortunately too common. We believe that some of these people who are out here know what happened, they're probably carrying the burden of this scene in their minds, and we'd like to help them uh, bring it forward to us and see if we could put some closure to this case for the, for the Lee family. In this investigation,
3: you ever find a motive or reason why this even happened?
1: There's a lot of speculation out there. We, didn't, we don't know why, I mean, it, it, there's so many things it could be, um, we don't even venture to speculate. Yeah, so, but in the end,
3: it, it almost feels like this was all about nothing. That's what it seemed like to us. Uh, Jamie was a good guy, hardworking hard-working guy, and people are mouthing off to each other, but it quickly spirals into something else. That's unbelievable.
1: It is, and and unfortunately, as we see too often, doesn't take much for someone to take someone's life.
3: Here we are five years later. We just passed the fifth anniversary. Why is it so important to get this case solved, to have somebody come forward?
1: Well, we feel that this family um, has been suffering. Um, Myself and uh, my my old partner, John Brown, we we go up and visit the family every year on the anniversary. We feel like there's gotta be some closure here. There's gotta be, Something for them. We feel that this case, unlike many others, has hundreds of potential witnesses. And we just need a few witnesses to come forward to help us finalize the case.
0: Jamie Lee was just 29 years old. He died early on the morning of March 2nd, 2011, just a few hours after the shooting. He fought for at least an hour or so, they said. And I know it was
4: about that kid. He wanted to make it to that kid because he loved that one child he had. He he's he was so proud of that child. He would tell me all the time, mom, that kid's gonna be so, something one day. And He, he raised a, a beautiful child and he's just like him. <laughs> and he comes over and sometimes I catch myself staring at him and I don't want him to feel like, oh, why is she staring at me like that? But, <laughs> I watched that kid. He, he 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 eats like him. He puts on his clothes like him. He he just sits there. it's just everything. I look at that kid. He came over yesterday, and he came through the door, and I just looked at him, and That's I gotta just help. That's gotta help. and yeah, and I looked at that kid, and I said, "Wow!" I told my husband, I said, "That kid is his father." Oh God, yeah.
0: The way that age he looked just like that. While the Lee family clings to the memories of a son, a brother, and a father, they simply can't understand why it happened. And by
2: no means will we say, you know, we had uh, perfect kids, because I don't think you'll ever, anybody says that they would be telling you a fib. But as, as the Lee household, we try to stick together, like you said. We try to be with our kids, we try to give them good role models, We you know, we try to do the best we can, raise them the best we can. Give us some closure, you know, give us some closure. Give us something we can lay our head down and say, you know what, Jamie, you're okay.
0: His son, Jamie Jr., is an intelligent, articulate young man, and while he struggled to speak about his father, he told us what it means to want answers. Tell, they should just turn himself in, because
4: I, I know if this happened to me, or I was the one that did this to someone else, tell me, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, especially if they had, they had his son.
0: New England's Unsolved is a production of Boston 25 News. It was created by Bob Ward, and the podcast is produced by me, Dalton Maine, with additional sound mixing help from Sean Anker and archival assistance from Nicole Gordon. Music for today's episode was provided by Killer Tracks. We also featured two songs by Rock Ducati, one of them co-produced with Cameron. You can find more about Jamie Lee's story and links to his music at boston25.com slash unsolved.